be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. It has been a while. I apologize for the delay. Uh, some real life stuff has gotten in the way. I've moved across the pond and had a little trouble with the technology getting this working, but we are back and running. And who else better to have back on the show? Kyle Porter from CBS. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not much. We are back. We've had some. We've had a few technical difficulties, but what can you expect? We're doing a we're doing a transatlantic podcast. Maybe the Maybe the first ever transatlantic golf podcast, and I'm proud to be a part of it. And I'm not even going to try to research that. We're just going to claim that that's actually true. I think that's just that's just a notarized fact at this point. This is the first ever transatlantic podcast. But what were you telling me earlier about uh, the fact that Ben Hogan used to have to take a boat across to, to, to play in the British well, Open? Yeah, and here we are. It's hilarious to read about the the guys who like had to choose between playing the PGA and the British Open because they were the same time and it took, or they were around the same time and it took like three weeks to take a ship over to you know to Scotland or wherever the you know wherever the British Open was being played and now we're just we're just chatting about golf from Holland to Texas it's pretty amazing and what what did you say it was 70 degrees where you are today yeah it's 70 I'm I'm talking I'm sitting I'm sitting in my office instead of hitting balls it's I don't don't know it's the power it's the the power of no laying up well, I, th- I think you and I are the only ones to have ever played golf that are not at the PGA show this week anyway. So. <laughs> that's true. That You know, that stuff, it's like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, maybe share a picture on Instagram or, or send a tweet or whatever. But I, I don't I don't need, you know, 800 pictures feel, filling up my Instagram feed from, you know, every single booth at, at, at the PGA show. And it's not anything that isn't available uh, 364 other days of the year. That's what just like, all right, guys, it's still golf equipment. It's still the same stuff. Like, yeah, it marginally improves year over year. Do do not act like you could be this excited about whatever's new this year. We're just jealous. That's 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 so true. We have Shane Bacon hitting golf balls, you know, next to King Griffey Jr., and we're both just pissed about it. No, no, I'm talking into a computer, and it's at 10:30 at night. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not jealous of Shane playing golf today. So, well, I don't even know where to start. We've had a really, really weird week in golf. I think we'll start with two stories that I don't believe either one of them. Let's start with Robert Allenby claiming to have been kidnapped and left in a ditch six and a half miles from when he left a wine bar in Waikiki. I don't know what the most unbelievable part of that phrase you just said is like it. And okay. So you, you said you don't, you don't believe the story, but I, I mean, I'm kind I'm kind of with you, but I do believe parts of it. Like I believe that he was beaten up and I believe that he was, I don't know if kidnapped is the right word, but abducted or whatever. Um, I just don't think, I think there's more to it. I guess yeah, I'll, there's I'll definitely more way. to it. I, I, I've, yeah, I've seen the picture. I'm gonna believe that he's beaten up. I'm not gonna argue that that point of it. Um, but I, I even there's been a, there's a lot of rumors flying around here. And I, I have a buddy who uh, who lives used to live. He's he's on deployment now. He lived about a hundred yards from that bar. He said, and all he told me was when people get their ass beat around here, it's for soliciting prostitution. I don't know what the hell that means. I'm completely unsubstantiated rumor. I'm not even saying that's even a chance that's true. I'm just saying what he told me. Uh, there's just, there has to be more to the story. I just find it hard to believe that he would come right to the Golf Channel the next day to tell them he was kidnapped if it wasn't at least partially true. Yeah, it, it is weird. It's almost like if you, if you read if you read between the lines, he, he's very... Um, and he used this quote a bunch of times, but he said it's like a movie. It's like it's like Taken or Taken Two. He left out Taken Three. I don't know if he's not a fan. But, <laughs> uh, he he said it's like it was like you know you don't think this could happen, but you see it in like he said the word movie like three or four times, and I was like, okay, like I I I understand. Like you don't what why are, are you trying to convince me of something or like what what's what's going on? I don't know. There there's just I I, that's what, I, I wonder if he went into full Liam Neeson mode. He's like. <laughs> 
If you don't, if you don't let me out now, what I do have is a very particular set of skills. My short game is is spectacular. <laughs> my, I, just, <laughs> I know Adam Scott, and he can beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny to me is I think it was like Aaron Price, or I saw a couple Australian uh, PGA Tour guys tweeting immediately when this came out and said, there is more to this story, I promise you. I don't know much about Allenby, but there, there has to be something more to this story. But the more, the more fun story, in my opinion, is Toothgate. Tiger Woods shows up at Lindsey Vaughn's skiing event and without a front tooth and claims to have lost this tooth at the event without dropping a drip of blood anywhere in the white snow. <laughs> It really, I, I actually Googled, uh, you know, lost front tooth, which is not a good idea. But all these, all these like images of people just like bleeding all over the place come up. And it's like, there, like, there's like, I don't think there's physically a way to lose your front tooth via a video camera that you, that you got smoked in the face with. And like, it, it only hit that to like, I, it's it's just it's I think it's not even it's not feasible. My favorite part though, and this just came out, is that like everybody on Team Tiger's just rolling with it. Like Lindsay Vaughn just wrote a thing on Facebook about how she's she's in. You know, sorry about the video camera. It's like wh- what? Like that? That's the thing you're going with? I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm shocked that she would take. It. She's a real credible source in this scenario. <laughs> but I think it, it was uh, Steiner Sternberg from Golf Digest that first pointed out to me that. Tigers always had like a decayed tooth or like a yellow tooth. Like I, I've never, I don't know how long he's had this. I really, honestly, never knew any of this. I didn't believe any of the tooth rumors that came out when uh, when Elon Gate happened in two thousand nine. But um, so the, the theory, I guess, that she had that I kind of believe is that he had had this tooth replaced at some point, or it's a fake tooth. And my thinking is he bit into a, a hard granola bar or something about the cold in Italy made that thing thaw out and he got bumped or something and it fell out and but I, I don't think for one second that was a real actual tooth that got knocked out of his of his of his gums but why not just why not just go with that story? exactly like exactly I was talking to my wife about this and she was like why didn't he just pick a story that couldn't be confirmed or denied by anyone like he was alone or what I, I don't I don't understand like I was Steiny like was he like does he have some champagne before you know people contacted him or what? I, I don't. <laughs> there was there should not there not need to be a like a PR rush to spin this. I don't think like he could have just said that he's going through a procedure on his mouth. He's getting a tooth replaced. Like no one would have thought anything of it. But you have to spin it in this weird way that I don't, no one's believing this. No one is buying this. Yeah, literally no one. Do you think? Uh, I was thinking about this. Do you think, um, like all of Tiger's teeth are fake? I don't know. I don't care enough to like look into it. I really don't. Well, because in, that, I, in, 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 the, even, in the picture that you tweeted yesterday, mm-hmm. even the the front tooth that was still in, it looked like it looked weird. Like it looked like it was like like he got hit or or it was chipped or so. I don't know. Like the whole thing was just bizarre. And then with the one of my friends pointed this out to me, but the fact that he was wearing a skeleton mask that had teeth on it. <laughs> Was was maybe the most unbelievable part. It it makes a lot more sense now that he was wearing that mask. That thing was absolutely hideous. But yeah, it makes more sense if he was covering covering up the fact that he was missing a tooth. If he was just having a normal procedure over a tooth, I would not even bat an eye in it. I would probably make jokes about how we pay way too much attention to this guy. But the fact that he showed up in public without a front tooth, or he was in public without a front tooth, was too, it was too too much to pass up on. Yeah. Well, how about the other part of it that's... that's And I feel kind of bad for him because he, he, he's, like, trying to create this goodwill. I mean, I'm sure part of it is he wants to... Well, part of it is he wants to see Lindsay, and part of it is, like, he's, you know, good PR, whatever. Yeah. And even that ends badly for him. Like, he just, <laughs> it's just it somehow, like, bungles that as well. Like, it, it's it's almost, I, I kind of feel bad for, like, the, the way that things turn out. I mean, not really, but he just, he can't do anything right, it seems like. 
it, it all goes down to the fact that he's just so awkward. Like he can't pull off anything smoothly. He's like he's not cool. He he, he wears cargo pants and shows up wearing a ski mask of a skeleton on it like he can't pull anything off not nearly as well as he thinks he can but i mean but he's the kind of guy it 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 seems like who like thinks that the like he's not like wearing the cargo pants ironically like he like thinks that they're cool and then he like probably goes home after you know cookie or whoever one of his Marky, I don't know. He, he has all these, you know, buddies or whatever. Marky. Make makes what, what did he, he called somebody? Uh, he called somebody at the like the PGA something like Dusty or something. Dustin Johnson. I don't know. It was weird, but um, he reaches. Yeah, he he's reaches. He goes home after too. these dudes make fun of him, and and he probably like legitimately thinks. Like man, I th- I thought the cargos were in this year, you know. Like I, th- I thought that was a thing. It just goes back to my theory that like he's not really a- an actual like human. Like he he gave that up like twenty years ago when he became this this prodigy that never will live a normal life ever again, and he's such a robot with his golf, and he just doesn't know how to act in public situations. He really does not. Like, what's the one time that we've ever heard of him being like at a party? That the when he was at when he went to the Met or whatever it was with with Lindsay and he got absolutely hammered and had to be carried out of that thing like he just legitimately doesn't know how to carry himself in public. It really it really is crazy and I think it it kind of points to like you know not that these are the only two dudes but it kind of points to like I feel like Rory is like the opposite of that like he he does know how to carry himself and he is. You know, I think I, I don't hang out with him, but he seems like he's pretty cool and fun and and whatever. And are things are things cool between you two. You don't, you guys don't hang out anymore. Is everything all right? Or <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're good. He's just he's you know bigger and better things. But he's uh, busy. Yeah, he's very busy. Um, but yeah, it just makes him seem, or I don't I don't know which way it goes, but I guess what he does makes Tiger seem even less cool. Yeah. Uh, well, also, what happened this weekend? Jimmy Walker won a golf tournament by nine shots. I don't know if anyone I, did. Anyone watch that? I don't. I, I. I. I didn't see. I saw maybe five shots of the entire final round. Why? Why go up against? So the month, the Kapalua, the Hyundai Tournament of Champions, they do a Monday finish. So to avoid the divisional playoff round of the NFL and have it run the same night as the national championship game in college, yet the Sony Open will go right up against the NFC and AFC championship? Well, the Sony was supposed to end a lot later than it did. They had, or I think it was, they had early start times on Sunday. The, the last, like Jimmy Walker, like Walker's tee time was, I think, 10.55 local, which was bumped up a lot. The the one that, that I don't get is the tournament, the tournament of champions is like, uh, let's go against nothing on Sunday night after the divisional games or against Oregon, Ohio State. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll pick Monday night. Let's do that. <laughs> and it's like, uh, that that doesn't seem like a good idea. I, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. But I, I'm pretty sure the Sony was was supposed to end um, after the, the Patriots-Colts. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel kind of bad because I, I, it's a great start to 2015, if you ask me. We had two American guys come out and just ball out and Walker in back-to-back weeks, really. I was glad to see him get redemption because I kind of felt bad the way things fell apart uh, for him at the Hyundai Tournament of Champions. But how many guys on the tour can can run out there and run off a nine-shot victory like that? I mean, that's a, that was a huge field on a, in a, on a course that usually – creates a lot of uh, a lot of uh, proximity near the top to to blow the field out like that was incredibly significant if you ask me is is walker like just a winter player like this is back-to-back years where he's just blazed the tour through this reach around schedule <laughs> uh yeah no i don't uh I, not I, a typo that's what we yeah, call it no i know uh i don't i don't i don't know we were talking about this a little bit today because I, I was surprised, I guess, to, to remember that he had um, three top tens at the majors last year, including a top ten at the players. Uh, and then he finished, I think, twenty tied for twenty sixth at the British Open. So it's not like it's not like he fell off the map after he won um, Sony and Pebble last year, but he didn't win again. 
Yeah, he just um, regressed a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't. It was still a fantastic year throughout. It wasn't like Reed, when Patrick Reed fell off last year. He fell off. He was missing cuts. I mean, I was I was legitimately concerned going into the Ryder Cup. But Walker was consistent throughout the entire year. But he's able to just hit into this second gear. That I mean, what was it? 187 career starts he had before he won his first tournament. Now he's won four times in his last 32 starts. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. And. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what to make of him. He, he doesn't and, – and I think you and I are big on this, and maybe this is silly, but he, he doesn't, like, carry himself the way, like, a superstar should, you know? Mm-hmm. You, he's, like, he's, like, posing in, like, astronaut gear for Golf Digest, <laughs> and you're like, ah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess. I, I, don't, I don't really know what to make of that. Uh, He's got no swag. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, and, that's what it comes down to. And we're attracted, and I don't even uh, I, I do mean that in a literal way. We're attracted to the guys that have you know bring a lot more to the game, usually off the course, than just actual actual accomplishments in game. Which is uh, it's not necessarily a, a good thing from our end. But it's hard to really uh, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to. I kind of discredited him a little bit today on Twitter about the tournaments that he's won, just because I saw, I think it was Steve Flesh was kind of bitching about how Walker's won four times in the last year and a half, and he's only ranked 13th in the world. And I kind of looked into it a little bit, and the fields that he's won against aren't, you know, he's not going out and beating Sergio, Adam Scott, and, you know, five, six guys in the top 10 in the field, in the tournaments that he's winning. So is he able to just kind of take advantage more of these maybe easier courses and lighter fields than than uh, you know somebody who you know only plays fifteen twenty times a year and is you know win- winning a couple times a year like Adam Scott usually is? Yeah, I, I think so. And this goes back to the big debate that we've been having for you know the last year or so of like what, what is what is a successful golfer like what, like yeah. what is what is um, being good at golf and and I think too often. Um, the, 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 you know, what it's placed on is like, you know, how many wins do you have? And it's like, well, but how many people did you beat? I mean, that stat about Rory in the last, um, like six European tournaments where he's like 750 and three or something. It's like, oh my gosh, like he's beating literally everyone in the field except for three people. And, you know, to me, even if you don't win those tournaments, like you're, you're still, I, I don't know. Like it, I see both sides of it, but yeah, I mean, I think part of it, part of the reason I, I, I'm not totally, totally in on Walker is that, okay, you've won Sony twice, you know, whatever. Uh, and then you've won fries and, and, and Pebble Pebbles legit, you know, that's a, that's a bigger tournament. Um, or I guess at a bigger name course, I don't know if it's necessarily a better field. Kid Rock, you know, plays it, so whatever. But uh, Berman, Chris Berman, boom, the boom. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, so, sorry, I, it was Jamie Kennedy from the European Tour that had that stat. I just pulled it up. Sorry, seven hundred seventeen and three with four ties in the last six months for Rory in the European Tour. Is that good? Like, I was, <laughs> is that good? It's 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 amazing, and and we don't give enough, you know, credit to. It, be, you know, we, we do give credit to Rory because he has one, but you know that was that was a similar. You know, Fowler, Ricky Fowler's number was less than that last year, but he had a stretch. I mean, at yeah. the majors, I mean, he was yeah. he lost to like six total people or whatever. And um, you know, I think more credit needs to you know in terms of the world ranking and the world rankings are jacked up anyway. But more credit needs to be given to uh, finishing second, third, fourth in really good fields than winning a crappy one. Yeah, and I think it does reflect that. That's why the the I kind of I started getting the, the the debate on was that official World Golf rankings measure your ability to beat your peers, and it measures the quality of your peers better than it does just winning a tournament necessarily. Like I I could be wrong. I don't know the math behind it, but I think it would reward like a third place finish in a major, obviously with the best players in the world, than it would like a win at the Sony. I'm not saying that's right necessarily, but I think it just measures you against your peers more than it does an arbitrary stat like wins. I mean, wins can be kind of arbitrary. I mean, you think about like um, uh, uh, who came in second this week is not the same as Jimmy Walker coming in second in a playoff to Patrick Reed the previous week. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it, there's different value in in different the different tournaments. It does the best. It's not a perfect formula. I'm definitely not. 
I, I find myself defending the world golf rankings more than most people because I feel like people want them to be at power rankings. It's not power rankings. It's not going to fluctuate huge in the, in the top 50, you know, on a, on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, no, you're right. I think my issue is just more with, like, the, the two-year average thing. And I know they, I know it's weighted and that's built in or whatever. Um, but it's like, you know, Jordan Spieth's still dragging around that John Deere classic win from 17 months ago or whatever. And it's like, well, what does that have to do with, you know, right now? I, I mean, I, I, yes, it's, it's weighted. It's like 0.2%, you know, whatever of his total uh, in, in, in the world rankings the other thing is like people don't it's not a a ranking system that people understand so yeah it's great for people like you and me and whoever that are following it really closely but nobody else gets it like it means nothing to anybody it really does that's what makes me also upset it's like it does mean nothing it really like literally if you're anywhere in the top 50 I, i could be partially wrong on this but Basically, anyone inside the top 50 of the world rankings, except for the Hero World Challenge, maybe that's it, but anyone inside the top 50 has the exact same rights, all right? Inside the top 50, you play the Masters, you play all the official uh, the World Golf Championship events. So, yeah, the, the real difference is 50 and 51. If you're outside that top 50, you're not in the Masters, and I think it's top 64 play the match play. I don't know the exact numbers of all the World Golf Championships, but... If you're ranked number one or number 50, it does not matter. It literally does not matter. So it's not like you get a, an advantage being a one seed. It's not like a, in football where you get home field advantage or anything. Like it, doesn't, it does not matter. Yeah, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some, I guess, like glamour that goes with it and whatnot. But it, it's not important. It's not, it's not tangible. Can you name who's number 51 in the world golf rankings right now? Um, uh, it's... Alexander Levy is like 53 or something like that. Are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, Isn't he like 53 or something like that? He's 52. Okay. I knew that he had a chance to get inside the top 50, and he kind of blew it there in uh, Abu Dhabi this weekend. But uh, who is 51? Uh, Your boy. Actually, this is not your boy, but Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd. He's my boy. Somebody asked me uh, who the – this was a mailbag question or something. I think it was a mailbag question um, like a month ago. Who the four worst major winners would be? Like, like the four people who would win majors in 2015 that would be the worst, unless Bubba swept the Grand Slam. <laughs> and uh, and Brendan Todd was one of mine. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I mean, it would it would not be good for the game. No. I mean, you couldn't get any more awkward, like and lanky and white than Brendan Todd would make golf. Like, you can't make it any whiter than it is golf, and he somehow could make it even whiter. <laughs> like, if we have like a playoff between Chesson Hadley, Kevin Strillman, and Brendan Todd, it would be like the, that. You talk about like killing the sport, like that that would murder the sport. <laughs> I mean, Execution style. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Call it up. Call it off. That would not be good. <laughs> I think uh, I, I was curious also what your take was on the whole Keimer thing. I, I think, so if those that don't know, Keimer at one point had a 10-shot lead on Sunday and somehow lost the tournament by two or three. He, he wasn't even that close at the end. I feel like First, people hey, are making I'll, a little bit more for- big deal out of it than it actually is. I think it happens in golf. A bad final round happens in golf. I don't think it's indicative of anything. I think if he could pick an event for it to happen, he probably wants it to happen on in Abu Dhabi rather than the PGA Tour or a major already. I think it's not. I'm not. I'm not panicking on Keimer on this one. First of all, what do you think? How many? What number of people do you think are listening to this podcast? Listening to the No Laying Up podcast that don't know that Keimer blew a ten stroke lead on Sunday. Okay, fair call. I, I, that's very fair. I gotta set the scene. I feel like I need to set the scene sometime. I need some background information. No, I'm, some I'm, people don't follow the uh, some people don't follow the European tour. Us Europeans over here, man, we're up to speed on it. Even though they don't play any events on this continent. Yeah, what's and, the, I was gonna ask you, what's the deal with that? Like, you, it's like China and and the Middle East. I mean, when when are they getting over to your neck of the woods? I think they do honestly play on five different continents this year, and they don't they don't come to Europe until the Madeira Islands open in middle of March, and that doesn't even count. That's an island off the coast of Portugal. They don't come to continental Europe until May. 
This is the Europe. Can we just like not call it the European tour anymore? It's not. It's not the European tour. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it would be like. Uh, I mean, yeah. Why, why doesn't the PGA tour like kick things off in like Chile or something? Uh, probably because the European tour has rights there, and the, and the PGA tour does not. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, they're counting that they're they're waiting for this global warming thing to to catch up, and they're going to have the first Antarctic Open. They're going to do it. Get, I'm telling you. I, I was getting ready to ask you when that was. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's not warm in Europe right now. It's not golf season here. We don't have like California or Florida or somewhere where we where we. I mean. I was in Spain a couple weeks ago in south of Spain, and it was not not warm enough for a golf tournament. Sergio would have been freezing his nuts off out there. He would not have had fun out there. Uh, what were we? Just, I don't even. Oh, Keimer. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm with you. Like, I, I think that. Um, I think I'd be worried if it was like Tommy Fleetwood or um, like. Dubuisson is a bad example because he's I don't he's crazy but uh, first ever Tommy Fleetwood Mac or Tommy Fleetwood Mac reference ever on a podcast by the way go ahead I'd be concerned if it was Fleetwood or like maybe even like Spieth or somebody that is super young and and hadn't won a ton but Keimer's won two majors he's won the players like I I don't I don't really care I mm-hmm. I mean it's not like he it's not like he was sitting on 17 at a major with like a five stroke lead and lost, you know, that that's more of a like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can recover, but this was like, Hey, you played the last 13 holes in in six over and somebody just played it way better than that. And beat it. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I just, it, it, ha- it happens. It doesn't happen very often. And no. especially with that margin, but I don't, I don't really think it affects him going forward. Golf's hard. I mean, it, it's hard. I, it's extremely rare to see that. I think I'd be reacting differently if it happened on the PGA Tour. But still, he's got the. Yeah, like you said, it's not like it's somebody that's. If it was Fowler, oh my God, people would be having a field day with this. Absolute field day with this. But speaking of which, we need to. Uh, I'm a, We need a win from Ricky Fowler this year because I'm get. I'm can't keep reading the stuff that I read about him. I cannot handle it on Twitter, and it's not coming from the smartest people. But I, I cannot fathom how people still rip on Fowler for just having the one career PGA Tour win. Well, I, yeah, no, I know. Um, the thing that I struggled with was was him talking last week about how he, he and, and and I understand like why he did it, but just talking about how you wanted to to have a rivalry with Rory McIlroy and all this yeah. stuff, and it's like uh, he he he's beaten you a lot. Like I, I looked at their I looked at the, their common tournaments in 2014. And Rory beating him, like, I think it was, like, 12 to 6 or something. So, I mean, it's not, like, it's not crazy, yeah. but it's not, I, I don't know. Like, let's 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 just start somewhere else other than the top. Yeah. And, but, I, and, I, and I understand, like, what's he supposed to say? Like, no, Rory has my number or whatever. Like, I, I don't I don't think that. I just, um, I don't know. I, I want for there to be a rivalry. Like, I want them to win all of them. I want Ricky Fowler and Rory McIlroy to win all the majors this year. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's different than Ian Poulter saying, you know, when I reach my full, when I'm on my game, it's just me and Tiger. <laughs> I think it's a little it's a little different than that. Uh, Fowler is so close to really really busting up. This, remember, 2013 or 2014 was his first year with the swing changes, and he had his best year of his career. Although he didn't win, obviously, he, I mean. The sky is honestly the limit for him. I think that he's going to battle putting issues more than he is ball striking issues, but yeah. I had no problem with him saying that. I don't think he means – I mean, for all we know, the way the golf media tends to twist quotes, it, it may have been said in passing, you know. Like, I, I'd, I'd like to get to a point where there's a rivalry between us. I think he knows he's not – he doesn't have the pedigree to compare to Rory at this point, but he knows he can – he's stood toe-to-toe with him at the PGA and the British, like – Rory just didn't like let him in. He, he Fowler couldn't have played much better in both those tournaments. He just didn't quite, you know, better him in those. I think he knows that he can go toe to toe with him. He just hasn't had the luck of or the fortune to to get past him yet. You should uh, you should write a book about Ian Poulter. I think, <laughs> dude, I can barely keep up with a website. You want me to write a book? <laughs> Your like utter disdain for his. 
I d- explain it to me though. I don't understand it. I, I wrote about it in the mailbag this week. It's like, how can a person be so unself-aware? Like, and why don't more people call him on it? Like, why am I the why am I the only one fighting this fight? This is bullshit. Because it's he's just I don't know. He's just gone. Like he he does. The thing that that the, the funniest thing that he's done in a while was the whole um, Twitter tirade last year. Um, when his family was like trying to get back from, um, oh god, like to the, they were either going to Europe or coming back or something, and he, he was complaining that his wife couldn't take care of his kids because they didn't have their nanny and like all this stuff, and it's like <laughs> ah, that resonates with like three <laughs> of your three million followers, like that's it, like a like a point zero zero one percent percent, you know, portion of your followers, that's. That's not good, Ian. Don't don't tweet that. That's that's what I mean. I brag a lot. I brag on Twitter a lot. So I'm I'm probably not the best source for this, but like I I just can't stand to see people have such a unrealistic view of themselves as far as their importance. You know, like yeah, we get it. You're rich. I I totally get it. Trust me. I know this. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to prove it every day. Like that only makes you seem like a rich douchebag. Like there's a lot of other golfers out there that are way richer than you that don't do this every single day. Yeah, like I don't, I don't see. You know, uh, actually, what I'm glad I'm glad Adam Scott isn't on Twitter. Like that makes me happy. Yeah, actually, yeah, I don't know if I could handle that. What, what do you mean? Like, if he was posting like selfies with him and his perfect life, like I, I get upset enough at Ricky Fowler's like Instagram and Twitter pictures. <laughs> like, I know that I he's be, he's beaten me in life. Like, I, it's like it's like Fowler's comments towards Rory as far as me being like. You know what? I, I want like a a, a, li- a life rivalry with Ricky Fowler. Like it's done. It's, I, I cannot win. It's over. And he's only what twenty twenty five twenty six something like exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, have you have you? Um, we were talking about this at the end of last year, but if you come upon any new uh, tour sauce moves in twenty fifteen. <sighs> I don't know, man. I've already had. I don't even. I've lost track of how many parts we've done. Four parts to the series, so it's like literally sixty moves. Is there anything else left? Have I missed any tour sauce moves? I've. I noticed a couple in Hawaii, and I didn't write them down. Um, there, there was one. There's a facial expression that somebody did after a shot that was like. <laughs> I think uh, it might. It might have been Walker actually, but it was like, you know, 195 out. He hits it to like. A foot and a half, and he just looks over at like a fan or his caddy or something, and just kind of like, um, he just kind of like raised his eyebrows, like, uh, eh, could have been better, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My one of my favorite ones, I think Rory did it at the PGA or Bridgestone. Uh, I couldn't possibly get a gif of this to possibly do it justice, but he, uh, he hit it's like he's hitting a shot uphill to a pin, he can't see the bottom of the flag. So he hits it, and he thinks that he's, like, stuck it. He thinks it's absolutely stuck. And the crowd doesn't cheer as loudly as he was anticipating. So he's, like, on his tiptoes trying to see the ball and, like, looking at his caddy really confused as to why the crowd didn't go more nuts for his shot. <laughs> oh, that is, that is good. <laughs> uh, I, I need to do a better job this year of tracking the best tour sauces of the year, so we can we can do a seeding this year for the sauces part two. It's really difficult because you're getting into like the minutia, like the like the body movements, and um, man, Sarson had some great ones from I think it was from Abu Dhabi. A couple of um, club drops that ended up like three feet from yeah. There was Scott Piercy had one where he hit it to three feet. He dropped the club, and literally the shot went to three feet. Oh man! I don't know if I have another piece in me. It would take a lot of work and a lot of thought going into it. But I'll try, to, I'll about, try to take some notes for you and just yeah, just try to take some notes. But uh, it's funny to me how much it's like. So golf dot com had an article. I, I think you saw it of Patrick Reed yes. teaching them the club twirl. Yes, <laughs> it was awesome. Tour sauce is going worldwide. I'm telling you. Hey, I do have a little bit of breaking news here. Uh-oh. Um I haven't told you this yet. I wanted to save it for the podcast. Oh, but, God. Um, for everybody listening, earlier today, um, did you put this on Twitter, the, the Kepka uh, picture? No. No, I have not. Okay, so you and I are on the same fantasy golf team. There's yes. nothing more exciting than talking fantasy golf on a, on a podcast. 
<laughs> we're in a so, big league with a bunch of people: Shane Ryan, Steph Way, um, Luke Kerdenen from. I have no idea if that's how you say his name uh, from from Golf Digest, but uh, anyway, our team we're we're the Brooks Brothers. Sarson's in the league yeah. also. We're the Brooks yeah. Brothers, and you created an amazing Photoshop of uh, yourself, me, and uh, Brooks Kepka sitting on a a park bench. I think it was as a Brooks Brothers ad, and uh, via. One of my contacts, uh, Brooks, um, saw this picture, and what you don't know is that he requested permission to use it as his Twitter profile picture. Are you dead serious? I swear to you, that that was requested, and I, I told him, that's fine, just know that it came from No Lane Up, and give, you know, give them a follow. Are you serious? I swear, I'm I'm dead serious. So if he if he follows you and throws that on his Twitter profile in the next week or so, you you know who to thank. Well, I need to, I need to make a better a better Photoshop. That I literally put that together in about ten minutes. So we we Kyle and I named our team the Brooks Brothers because we've been fighting over who the biggest Brooks Kepka fan is, and it's it's been a it's been a tight race. Until I decided to just join in uh, a fellow in, in fellowship with my brother here, and call ourselves the Bro- the Brooks Brothers, and so when our fantasy team came together, it was it was it was too easy. It was too easy to just to name our team this, but so I threw together this Photoshop just as a uh, kind of a trash talking maneuver for our draft coming up. I had no idea that this is going to become Brooks Kepka's Twitter photo. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I hope he changed it. He just he just wanted permission. Like he just wanted the kind of it's like seat licensing at an NFL uh, stadium. Like he just wanted like the rights to it. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but if it does, I'm going to be. We're both going to be. We're going to like. So we have the we have the twelfth pick in our draft on Wednesday night, and we're it. It's going to be so hard not to take him. I know that's our only chance to take them. I think because we can't come in this cocky and call ourselves the Brooks Brothers and not have, especially Sarson. Sarson's not going to let Kepka slide by him in that third round. No, so he's not. we got to take him with either the twelfth or thirteenth pick, or we're not getting him. Or yeah. or we just pull an RG three and trade all future round draft picks <laughs> and move up to number three and or two in the draft and take him. <laughs> And then he tears his ACL with the Phoenix <laughs> Open. <laughs> uh, all right, so we we know Kepka is our, is our pick to break out. It's not a sleeper pick anymore. Hopefully, everyone is is on this guy at this point. What are some? I got a few names, the guys that I'm into. Um, also, some golfers that I think are going to be have good years. <laughs> what? Uh, who are some of your guys that I think are going to have good years? Yeah, who are some like all right? So like, um, it's somebody that came from the back of the pack, it, it's it's ready for a bust out year, like Horschel or, or somebody along those lines. Well, it, it's not a. It, this guy isn't like a sleeper necessarily, but nobody talks about him, and and he's one of your guys too. But uh, Matsuyama. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 crazy how little still gets talked about him. He's it, top twenty player in the world, and he contends every time he lines it up. It's well, crazy. the problem is he he puts like like. Him and he's getting lessons from Boo Weekly, like on his off days or something. But the, I mean, he hits. I think he's number one in strokes gained tee to green right now, or probably if, if not, he's up there. He is. I mean, he's amazing from you know two hundred yards and in. And very saucy too. <laughs> yeah. Very saucy. Yeah, he is. But he, he like that that one round at Kapalua. He looked like he shot seventy eight. And I looked down, he <laughs> shot sixty seven. He was pissed on every shot. But he's ranked, uh, what is he ranked, 18 or 17? He's ranked 18th in the world right now. And you would think, like, he's, the, you know, the, not even in the top 100 the way people yeah. talk about him. So I love him. Um, you know, I, I, I like, this is another guy that I think you probably like too, but Harris English is mm-hmm. is awesome and you know, it, it's it's weird that he's ranked as low. I, I think he's ranked like seventy something or eighty yeah. something. He is sixty nine, and and I think that you know I I watched him um, hit balls on the range at uh, at the Colonial at Colonial a couple years mm-hmm. ago, and it was it was a show. I mean, it was unbelievable the way he hits it. 
I've never, I know, I've never really been on the Harris English bandwagon. I think some of the other No Laying Up guys, I know Todd is is big on the on Harris English. I I don't know what it is. I, I for me, he's just like too tall. I don't something about his swing just makes it look a little awkward to me. Again, we're talking about one of the seventy best players in the world. It's kind of ridiculous, but I've never really seen like that skyrocket potential out of him. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm not. I'm not an Harris, Harris English hater. I think it's just maybe because the guys I talk to most about golf are so high on them. I'm just not sure I'm quite there. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I I, well, if it was going to happen, I think it would have had to happen last year. Like he was, he was primed for it last year. I thought, I actually thought he had a chance to, and he kind of disappointed me. Is why I've, I've kind of soured on him a little bit. He let you down. He did let me down, he's man. Probably, he's probably really upset about it too. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. I'm not letting you back in, Harris. All right, I gave you your chance. I've been hurt too many times. I think Sneds is going to have a, a bounce back year. Um, Brant Snedeker? Yeah. No. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know his shares were still listed on the exchange. I thought he was. De- <laughs> I thought the SEC had him delisted. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, not like, so. I tweeted this the other day. He's thirty-five to one to win the Masters. He's not in the field yet. Oh, I know. That's that's a that's an amazing stat that he's not in the field yet. Because I think he finished like the year fifty rank fifty-five or fifty-four or something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think the reasoning behind that is uh, somebody out there that knows more about betting that can uh, can correct me, but I think it's if it if he doesn't play in it, you get no action, so your bet gets returned. So the assumption is that he's gonna. You can place the bet now, but he would have to play well to get into it, and he's going to be rounding more into form. And so it will make sense to have him at thirty-five to one if he does make it into the tournament. That's my only my only possible es- estimation as to why I could still bet Patrick Reed at a hundred to one two weeks ago to win the Masters, and Brett Sedeker was thirty-five to that's, one. That's that's a that's a borderline crime that you could bet Patrick Reed at at a hundred to one. Well, there's luckily there's no laws in Amsterdam you for the most be, part, so I can get away with I can get away with anything. <laughs> uh, so a couple other guys, Peter Yuan, um, I'm obviously on. He's a he's a Brooks Kepka disciple, or I, I don't know. That's the right <laughs> word. <laughs> that's us. We're not letting anyone else in. You and I are the disciples. <laughs> they live together in Europe for a while. Yeah, I'm jealous. Uh, I'm je- that's why. That's why I don't <laughs> like Peter Yuan. <laughs> He's awesome though. He's he's one of my Oklahoma State guys. But I, I think I, I love that him and Kepka both played in Europe for for a long time. And um, you know, I, I I hope that he can eventually do what Kepka did and get into the top fifty and play both tours. Yeah, I, I like that they just gave the middle finger to Fincham for Fincham's folly. I, I, that's the reason why I will always root for those two guys. But I'll never be supportive of a system that sends two of the best young American players over over to Europe to play and. Uh, I get it. I get it. I completely understand why they did it. They'd rather play like and travel travel Europe than go to Boise, Idaho, and then go to Columbia the next week and whatnot. But um, I, I I don't know enough about Uline to be honest. He doesn't have any. I know he doesn't have any status this year. So is it, what, what's what's the what's the end game for him again? Is it to use sponsor exemptions to try to get special temporary membership? No, I I, I think he's just going to keep playing the European Tour. I, I mean, I, he finished. I don't know. I think he finished top twenty-five in the race to Dubai, and and you know he he was successful there. But he's uh, what is he a hundred and forty-sixth in the world, and he just he hasn't won. Like he he needs yeah. to win, like like uh, Kepka did in Turkey, um, to to jump into that top seventy-five or top fifty. So I yeah I, I think the plan is keep playing Europe and eventually try to um, if he can get into the top fifty, play both tours. Yeah, I love how everyone, when I told people I was moving to Europe, they're like, oh, you're going to become this Euro Tour expert. It's like, there's one tournament played within like a thousand miles of me. There's no, there's no, there's no golf here. I don't, I've played golf once since I've been here. I don't even have cable, so I don't even get, I don't even, can't even tune into the European Tour. The, the, the only thing, the best thing about the European Tour is the European Tour Twitter account run by Jamie Kennedy. Like, oh, it's so that's, good. that's, that, I'm getting the best I can out of the European Tour just by being on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Okay, my last one is, and another guy whose name I I'm not totally sure how to pronounce Tony Tony Finya Finyu Finau Finau I assume Finau I only know it from reading it and I read about him a lot but I I never I've seen I watched him actually some in the Web.com Tour Championship this year um, but he, he it that the fall finish he had I, I'm completely on board with that I've actually already put a bet on him uh, to win the Humana this week really 
Yeah. I like he was that. like 85 to one or something like that. Wow. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm in on him. He, he hits it. I mean, he hits it forever. Um, he's been putting pretty well. I think he's, I think he's top 25, top 30 in strokes game putting so far. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm in, I think he's going to be good. Good. I, I'm on board with that one. I think, uh, so for on my end, so if I was going to name a top ranked player compared to your Matsuyama, I think, Gary Woodland has been, re- for some reason, still a little under the radar. I think people are to the the round the tournament he had this week at Sony on a course that I don't really think is necessarily the best fit for him. It caught my eye a little bit. I think we may be in for a, a couple wins from Gary Wind- Gary Woodland this season. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, he had that. He was making a run at the uh, at the the Augusta course record last year at the Masters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was like 29 on the front nine or 30 or something like that, and then he cooled off. But um, if he puts at all, he's yeah. going to be competitive. Yeah. And, you know, there are going to be weeks where I, I think he does putt well. So I'm, I'm in on that. I like that. Yep. And I think so, some of the guys that I've been – I have my eye on that I'm just – I'm confident are going to win a tournament this year that are like probably a little bit more off the radar than usual and not, aren't necessarily like – fit the no laying up, you know, the build or whatever. But I've been betting on Andrew Svoboda, like, way too way too much for my own health. But I bet on him. I don't even remember which one it was in the, one of the fall series events. And he was, like, one back going into the final round. I had, like, I had him at 200 to 1 or something like that. I'm telling you that guy is going to win a tournament this year. It might be the Bell South Classic. It's not going to be the Memorial or the players. But I'm, I'm telling you that I think Andrew Svoboda is going to win a tournament this year. I think two other guys that are going to are Scott Langley and uh, Tim Wilkinson. Langley's your boy, though. That's, that's I know. An un, that's I know. an unfair. Um, I, he's he's too too solid of a ball striker. To, he put to, tour it, sauce on one of his wedges, and you, you, I mean, he could be like, he could be shooting eighties, and you'd be like, ah, oh, probably gonna win a tournament this year. If, if Poulter put tour sauce on his wedge, I would completely switch. Like, but if Bubba <laughs> did it too, I'd be I'd be on board, like totally on board, like. Get me a Bubba head cover like I wanted it. Let's so, yeah, talk, maybe I'm a little clouded. Let's talk about Bubba. Oh, oh, God. 47 minutes into the podcast or something like that, and we haven't mentioned mentioned Bubba yet. Uh, he's... Mm. It, mm. <laughs> you've had... In each of your last two mailbags, you've used the words... Uh, <laughs> you've used the words Bubba desecrated and Bubba defiled... <laughs> <laughs> I think it was contaminated. I don't know what the second one was. You said that well, he so, desecrated the hallowed grounds of Augusta National, and he contaminated the grounds of, uh, of Riviera, Riviera with his win yeah. there last year. So he almost he almost won the NLU, what we call the NLU Triple Crown, like our three of our favorite events of the year: the Masters, the Northern Trust, and the Memorial. And he was he won the first two of those, and then was in position to win the memorial until he hit a ball forty five yards offline to the right off a house. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 what more can I say about Bubba? I mean, it's it's I, I've overdone it to to a, a record extent. To the, how what do I have to do to get blocked by him? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I think your first goal should be to get blocked by. Ted Scott. Oh, he that. did. He blocked us. Oh, that's, oh, that's goal's been accomplished. Yeah, oh, I, I have a tr- okay. I have a trophy on my on my shelf over here for that accomplishment. <laughs> Who's your next? What's your next? Uh, your next prey on Twitter in terms of being blocked? Who are you? <laughs> I just found out today that Zach Johnson blocked me. Really? Like I, I I did like a Twitter search to see like the last time he was even mentioned in one of our tweets, and it was like May 2013. And it was something like completely innocuous, completely. Like, there was it wasn't even a joke about him or something like that. I don't even know why he was mentioned in it. And I, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know how long I've been blocked by him. But I mean, it makes it makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're going to lay up on, on every par five at Augusta National, then I don't want to. I don't want to have the option to be able to follow you on Twitter. So he, little does he know that he's made an enemy though that I didn't know I had. It is interesting to 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 run an account that is is polarizing so like there's plenty of accounts out there that professional golfers either like they just don't pay attention to like they don't do anything with but then you have an account where you have certain golfer certain Ryder cup 
golfers that follow you and certain ones that block you. Like that's a weird that's a weird <laughs> thing. It, to, but it draws the line exactly on the guys that we like to root for and the guys that we can't stand. It's like, can you are you are are you cool? Like are are you cool? Like are you down? Like are, I don't. I, what would it, something? What would have to happen to you for you to be like offended by a tweet? Like. That's what that's what I always ask. I've, I can think of two tweets that I've ever read in my entire life that I was like legitimately offended by, and they weren't like directed at me, but I was like, dude, I, I literally just like unfollowed the person after I read that tweet. But like, how sensitive do you have to be to like? I get it if if like a person just literally harassing you, and you know what, Poulter, I understand. I actually, like I said, I actually judge him for taking this long to block me. Ted Scott, totally understand. Bubba, a little confused why you haven't blocked me yet, but it's like. I mean, just have, you got to have some thick skin, especially to to, to deal with the people out in, in, in the realm that you perform in. You know, you're going to have people say things about you, and you're in the public spotlight. Like, it, just be be cool. Like, just just relax, relax. Yeah, I, a I can't bit. imagine. I mean, I can't even fathom blocking someone over one tweet. Um, I've had. I, I don't think I've blocked anyone actually ever. Um, but I've had a couple people that I'm like, not even. They don't even like harass me. They're just. They just like talk to me too much. They're just like annoying. I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to interact with you online. Like, you I'm, just drop in like really random, irrelevant, uh, hot, hot, scalding hot takes <laughs> that you just can't even like respond to. And you're like, just I like, just, yeah, I need I can't to send you a, that, yeah, I need to send, I just need to send you an eBay link to Ian Poulter's uh, Ryder Cup mittens <laughs> that he was wearing. Like, that just. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Like every time you tweet at me, I'll just send you that link. Just ready for those scalding hot takes. But. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I was going to ask you about though is, how did you feel about Poulter's caddy uh, ripping off your um, your that was, Phoenix Open ripped, deal? Yeah, he ripped off one of my tweets word for word. I was, I wasn't even mad to be honest. I was just like, I responded to him. I was like, seriously, dude? I mean, like, not even like an attempt to to move it to switch the words around or anything. I honestly, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this guy probably just doesn't get how Twitter works. And I, I didn't, I really didn't care. I mean, Jason Duffner retweeted it. So I was really, I was quite fine with how that, how that all worked out. Uh, he claimed he got the tweet in an email and then he tweeted, I don't, I don't, I really didn't care that much, but I, I was just like, seriously, dude, <laughs> I mean, if it was like another golf writer or somebody that would have ripped it off word for word, if it was like golf club wankers that steal stuff from people all the time then yeah maybe i would have had a little bit bigger of a problem with it yeah it was it was weird i i don't i, I don't know people do weird stuff on on twitter but this is gonna this is you know last year for bubba was the year of rejoicing and i think this year uh for you is gonna be the year of the the year of social media like you're off to a, a really good start uh, I mean, I'm just trying to keep up, man. I don't have the, I don't have DVR capabilities anymore over here, or like yeah. Vine capabilities or anything like that. Like, I watch golf on like my Slingbox that I like mount on my TV that is like a cup, like two minutes behind everyone else with the coverage. So like, everyone's freaking out about a pray for Ted Scott moment before it's even happened for me. It's like, spoiler alert, people, come on! Like, the, you're the ruining pray, what I live for. The pray for Ted Scott meter is off. Is is incredible. It I debuted mean, at a good time. It was a really good time. Yeah, it was. It's awesome. I I, I approve. It's it's legit. Yeah, and uh, so what do you, what what are you anticipating? I, I wrote in my mailbag about what I anticipated for Tiger at, at Phoenix. What do you think? What do you think it's going to be like? Well, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be the, the crazy thing is you're you're like as if the Phoenix Open with Tiger wasn't enough. You're throwing the Super Bowl at it, and. I mean, what, what if what if Tiger like, um, what if Tiger shoots like thirty five under and wins, <laughs> and then like sings the halftime sings at halftime with Katy Perry in cargo jeans? <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. He's gonna, I mean, he's gonna be back like, to thinking he's what, invincible. What if, what if they just like helicopter him from the 18th at 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 uh, TPC Scottsdale and like he parachutes in with with Steiny and and uh, Joey onto the end of the halftime at, at the, and Lindsay Lindsay's got to be there. Oh uh, yeah, she yeah she might he's, be there with with Katy Perry already. But. He's totally gonna try to go to that game, isn't he? Oh yeah, he will. Yes, he will yeah. be there, and, and okay. he'll be yeah he'll probably be in like his. 
by the way, it's so fitting that he likes the Raiders. Like yeah. it's it's such a like weird. You're like what? Like what? you like the Raiders? Like this is weird. Like why do you? I don't know. It's, it go, I don't even. Is it go back to the Stanford days? I don't. I don't. I don't even. I'm not. I'm not totally familiar with his upbringing. How he ended up a Raiders fan? But yeah, I'm. I'm I, not either. I really not have looked that deep into Tiger to be honest. So. Which may be a surprise, but but yeah, I think that's how it's going to. The sixteenth hole is going to be absurd. I mean, your your essay on what will happen if he if he aces it, where the the fan the, the drunken fans deconstruct the the yeah uh, corporate boxes press boxes and, and uh, yeah, make a bonfire. <laughs> I mean, it's... It, like that might be on like the low end of of what could happen if he makes a hole in one at at sixteen. So uh, so Phil and Todd, two of our no laying up guys, they used to go to this tournament like every year, and they went to it back when six, this, people don't really know. I don't know this. I only know this because of them. But people don't really realize how much the sixteenth hole has tamed down actually in the last several years because they've put in these these corporate press boxes. Actually one of the original uh taglines of no laying up was no corporate allowed. So like th- that was like p- part of the founding of this site was the fact that they hated that these corporate these corporate um like hospitality tents, not press boxes, hospitality tents went in around the 16th hole and ruined the atmosphere around it. They used to be able to like sit on the hill back there and just like get completely hammered and yell at Pat Perez whatever you wanted to and and now it's become like this, this like, this like see and be seen thing, rather than uh, rather than you know what 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 it used to be, I guess. Well, it's weird because when you look back on the uh, the ace that Tiger made in '97, it doesn't even look like the same hole. No, it's not. It's I not. mean, it's like, is this the same same deal that we're seeing? Like, it's it's uh, it's really weird. I am concerned. Like, do you think Bubba will submit to the authorities and and not? Uh, throw visors into the stands like they're frisbees and 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 potentially i hope everyone just like here's what i wanted to i i wanted to say also on twitter i forgot to tweet this was like you know what you should do if you want to earn some favor in my my regard just throw the hats throw whatever you want into the stands when it when you get fined announce that fine amount donate the same amount to charity and just shove that in (coughs) excuse me i'm choking on this hot take shove that <laughs> shove that in Fincham's face cuz that is the the dumbest oh it makes me so upset you know who won't do that but should and and could get away with it is Fowler yeah exactly i think he i think he's going to do something still what he's not going to try to show Fincham up but he's going to do something i think yeah but, well, I mean, last year, talk about hot takes. Mickelson said he he lost the tournament because he was worried <laughs> about footballs. throwing footballs into the. And it's like, wow, that's that's as hot as they come. I mean, I, that, I would expect that from like, you know, uh, we won't mention any outlets, but I would expect that from a few writers that I follow on Twitter. But you're 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 rolling with that, Phil. Like, okay, I guess. All right, last thing I'm going to ask you, do you have any Masters bets that you can get now that you won't be able to get in three months that you like? Well, the, we were both on the Kepka thing. He was like 160 to 1 or something. And yeah, the, I still just kind of buy into the first time thing. No one's ever won the first time. I know Spieth was close, but I, it's hard for me to get real pumped about, about a, a first-time player of you know, like Kepka. Damn, I yeah. should not have said that on the podcast. I may delete this part out. Yeah, he's he probably just changed his Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, let me. Brooks let me, was here. Let me pull up the uh, the futures. Uh, I mean, I, I, the reason I mentioned is I think I was going back and forth with I I don't remember the guy's handle, one of the golf betting guys on Twitter, that he had he had the Chris Kirk's odds for his personal book at forty to one. And the odds were listed a hundred to one. I I got on and got him at eighty five to one today. I think he makes a lot of sense. From the, he he, t- he I think he tied for twentieth last year, and he hits it high, right to left ball flight, overly generic, you know, take on that, you know, reasoning behind that. But I think it makes sense. Yeah, I I think yeah, I I don't I don't dislike that at all. I mean, you, you also. Somebody we were talking about earlier, but uh, Gary Woodland at eighty to one. And, yeah. I mean, he he finished what top twelve last year or top ten or something like that. 
Yeah, um, I, I took you off off guard with that with that spot with that question, but it was actually Mike Miller at Smart Golf Bets that I that I was talking about with today. If you guys were interested, and he's got some really good stats on uh, on 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 Matt, and he tracks the Masters betting pretty closely. It's pretty interesting. So I like I like uh, Kucher at twenty eight to one. I mean, I I don't know. I do too. I just feel like he's always in it. Like I don't always. know if, if that means anything, but I I feel like he's always there. Um, yeah, he's always there, just make just making people take naps on the back nine at Augusta, like <laughs> ruining everyone's excitement. What if he hands out fanny packs at the Phoenix Open? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> We're ending on Matt Kuchar handing out fanny packs at the Phoenix Open. <laughs> like just like a little good, like a gift bag. Like there's like some. Bridgestone swag in the in the fanny pack that he I don't, I don't even know what it's gonna have like like, like it's gonna have like moist towelettes in it or something like it, it, <laughs> something that's completely dad like some Kleenex some, and hand some band aids yeah <laughs> all right that's an hour that's plenty of time uh, we'll have to do this again we'll check back in definitely hopefully before the Masters and uh, yeah thanks uh, thanks again for coming on buddy. Yeah, anytime. Brooks was here. Let's do it. Brooks was here. Brooks Brothers, we're out. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect any